You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we start from this Mishnah on Mem Zayin Nostin Kli Tachas Haner. We've been talking about the Shabbos candles since Perak Sheni, right? We're talking about fire since the end of Perak Risha. Now, what's going on? We know that the nair burns. It doesn't burn so clean always. There's going to be sparks. So what does he do? He puts kalim around the, the, the candle that's burning. And now those are, are, are placed in a way that when the sparks shoot off of the candle, they're going to land in the container. However, you're allowed to do that. On Shabbos, you're allowed to surround it with these other containers. But don't put water in any of them. Why? Because what will the water do? The water will cause it to become extinguished. When it goes in. So when the spark goes in, it's on fire and it's going to go, it's going to hiss into uh, extinguishing when it, when it, when it lands in, in, in the pot. So the first Gemara's question is, is he doing this on Shabbos? It isn't going to become muksa now when the spark is in there. It used to be a good kli, right? A regular non-muksa kli. And now you're changing it. You're making it like a buses for the muksa because now the spark's going to go in it. I'm a rafuna, but of Yeshua, as we saw earlier, nitzot, the same ben mamish. It doesn't count. It never becomes muksa. The spark is not considered, right? Ain ben mamish. And therefore, um, and therefore, in fact, uh, as he says here, Rashi, right? You can actually pick the keli up even with the spark in it, because it's ein ben mamish. Is it the is it is it the keli or the spark that may or may not be muksa? We're saying that the keli doesn't become muksa because the spark is not considered anything, so the keli is not muksa. And that's why you're allowed to put it there. Well, eat, but don't put water in it. Hmm. That sounds like in the Mishnah we're going to have uh, in about uh, two or three months from now, a machlokas rabiosi and the chachamin. What's the machlokas about? The machlokas is about, look in the Rashi, that let's say a fire has started. And you see the fire, the path of the fire. So according to the Tanakama, you can set up, take Kalim, and put them in a way that the fire's path is going to be uh, regulated by the vessels that you're using. And Bain Malayim, Bain Rekonim whether there's stuff in it or not. Because this way the fire will be contained and maybe like in a cul-de-sac will stop and won't move any further. Rabiosi says that what can you do? Rabiosi Oser. He says there's a certain type of K you can't use. 
What's that? If it's made out of earthenware, that's full of water, those you cannot use to put in the fire's path. Why? Because when the fire gets close to them, the fire will affect those kalim. Because when fire reacts and interacts with them, gets so close to them, to the outside of them, to the outside of those earthenware kalim, what's going to happen? They're going to crack. And there's water in there. And the water is going to pour down and extinguish the flame. So Rabbi Yossi is afraid of doing that. So Lachora, that's what's going on here. When I put the keli there, the spark is, it hasn't happened. The spark might shoot off of there later. But right now, I've got a keli with water. So Lachora, it, 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 it should be, right? Lachora, it should be mutter. Just like over there, when the you can put in the fire's path any sort of keli, according to Tanakama, even a klicheres full of water can go in the path. And even though Rabiosi knows his physics and he knows it's going to burst and the water's going to come out, that's not Osir on Shabbos to set up a situation like this Rube Goldberg way for the water to, to have a gram kibui. A gram kibui is not Osir. Rabbi Yossi holds of Gram Kibui. Our Mishnah says you can't put the container of water in the area where the sparks might fly into it. That's only a Gram Kibui. So the Gemara says, wait. It's not the same. Vitisbara. It seems similar, but it's not the same. Hey, Madama Rabbi Yossi, B'Shabbos. Rabbi Yossi answered it on Shabbos. Be'er of Shabbos, mi Omar. And maybe our mission is talking about putting the Kli on Erev Shabbos there. That's what we mean. And that's where it says, right, on Erev Shabbos, mi Omar, would Rabbi Yossi say on Arab Shabbos? And our Mishnah is even us are on Arab Shabbos. So even Rabbi Yossi wouldn't, wouldn't, shouldn't agree to our Mishnah. So therefore, our Mishnah must mean something else. Our Mishnah must mean that it's not Gram Kibui. So first the Gemara says, one second, maybe our Mishnah is on Shabbos too. V'chitema hachanami b'Shabbos, our Mishnah is on Shabbos. Mara says, we got a Brysa. A Brysa is a good cousin of the Mishnah. And if the Brysa doesn't disagree with the Mishnah, it can help us interpret the Mishnah. Atanya, nostan klitakas haner, lakabu nitzotas b'shabbis, ve'ein sarach lomar be'erev shabbis, v'lo yitain l'tocho mayim mibnei shumachabe, even when me'erev shabbis, ve'ein sarach lomar b'shabbis. So this Brysa teaches us that you can put the kli there when on Shabbos, with, if it's, there's no water in it, you can move it on Shabbos near the flame. And, but if the, if, the, if the container has water in it, it shouldn't be there even on Erev Shabbos. That's what our Mishnah means. That doesn't even fit in like Rabbi Yossi. 
So what does our Mishnah mean? We can't, we can't, even Rabbi Yossi should allow that. Rabbi Yossi would have, if, if the fire had started on Arab Shabbos and you set up the, the containers with the klicheres, with the water, Rabbi Yossi would agree you could do that because it's not even on Shabbos yet. Our Mishnah could even go like the Rabbanan who are Mako there. But over here, we're machmer even from Arab Shabbos to put a pitcher or a container of water where the spark is going to go into it. Why? Because think about it. Let's look at Rashi. Why? What was the case there again? The fire is going to start and you're predicting where it's going and you set these containers up to give it direction. By the time the fire gets there, what causes the, 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 the earthenware vessel full of water to break? The fire does. When you put water in the container next to where the spark is going to end up, that's actually doing keyboy. Let's say, for example, you saw the spark flying and you run to it holding a pail of water. You're the one that extinguished it. It's not the fire that extinguished itself. It's not the fire that bumped into the thing of water and chemically caused it. Here, you chose the item that's going to extinguish it, and you brought it close to the fire. Therefore, you put it right under it, right where it's going to land. That's much more like an act of actual extinguishing. And therefore, if you would do that on Shabbos, we would call that kibui. We wouldn't say you did it with a shinui. So why does the Mishnah mean you can't even do it Arab Shabbos? That's exera. Because we're worried if we let you put those canisters of water there Arab Shabbos, you might actually do that on Shabbos. And even though the spark has not yet left the candelabrum, but that would be considered your act of kibui. And that's why our Mishnah says you can't do it. Fourth parak of Shabbos. We know there's something called Hatmana. What's Hatmana? Says Rashi. It's Arab Shabbos. It's hot enough. I want to get it off the oven. I don't want it to stay in the oven. No, I don't want deals with the ovens. So what do I do? I find some place to put it. I hide it. I, I cover it. I, I, I cover it to the point that it looks like it's hiding in there. You can't do Atmana with what? You're allowed to take something off the flame and cover it up, but it cannot cause it to become actually hotter than it is now. It can be just as hot, but Hamosif, if it's something, So now we're going to see what things actually make it hotter. 
And one of these halachas that, that this halacha is very relevant, hatmana, to people who use the, the special uh, Shabbos uh, urn that's not connected with electricity, but what they do is, um, or, or it's totally hot, and then they put this special cover over it. Some say that special cover actually causes the hot water to become even hotter. Uh, so you got to be careful what you use. So, Bamat Tomnin, what can you use? What can't you use? Here's a list. Ain't Tomnin Lobigefes. We know what that is. That's the leftovers that come from the, uh, as Rashi says, from the, from the olive uh, press. Rashi says, because uh, it's all crunched together and chemically it causes a reaction to whatever you put around it. Those little uh, residue of those olive psoas causes a chemical reaction and causes actually an uptick of heat into the item that you hid in it. Lobezevel, the same thing as with manure. Lobemelech, salt. Lobesid, lime. Lobechol, not with sand. Bein lach and bein yevation. Whether it's wet or dry, even dry sand or dry lime generates heat. Lobeteven, when it comes to straw. Lobezogin which comes the residue from, from the wine press. Lo b'muchen. The muchen was the soft materials that are from leftover, uh, leftover cotton or, or, or silk garments that you had. That's what the muchen is. Right? When we talk about moch dochuk, that's what we're talking about as well. It's a soft item that's not going to uh, injure a person, but, it's, but that's what these muchen are these soft uh, strips of material. The low basovim, and not with grasses that you cut. But that's only bizman shein lachen, when they're wet as well. So they're soft and wet. That combination causes an uptick of heat. Avotom the ben kashen yevashen, but you can use that if they're dry. So now, we didn't say what gefes was completely. Rashi says it comes from olive oil, uh, 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 residue. But what about from sesame seed oil? That's going to be Lumar's question. Yes, because we know that causes a, a greater heat to occur, the hevel to rise, the steam to become stronger. What about the residue from sesame uh, treatments? What about that? Shopper dummy. Maybe that's okay. Oh, Dilma. Maybe when it says gefes, it means to imply even shumshimim, which aren't as powerful. Shumshimim tnan, the koshkein dezeisim. So, once again, we need to do our research. Toshma. Let me explain what the question was. Clearly, both cause a little bit of, uh, even shumshimim cause some change. But maybe it's insignificant. That's the question. We know that if you put your thermometer in there, it will, it, there was a rise of Hevel with the uh, sesame residue. The question is, is that significant enough to be part of the Gzairus Chachamim against doing it Erev Shabbos? So let's see. Let's say you have a kupa. You have a box. So what you do is 
that you put a you layer it with soft material and then you put your pot your hot pot in it so if you take that pot you take that box which has this one layer of soft material and then the bottom of the box what did what did, what did the uh, teaching tell us you can't put that on uh, on the residue of the olive uh, the olive press that the gefes that comes out of zesim. Hmm. So there's a din of atmana, and in that statement from the Bay Rabbianai, we heard specifically olives. That should be an indicator that our Mishnah was also only talking about Zaysim. Or says it's not a proof. Where you're taking the item and wrapping it around, even the slight amount of heat that will be generated by sesame oil residue or sesame pieces residue is also bad. That case of Beiravyanai is different. That's the Indian. Next up. Lian Asuke Havla. But here, where it's about rising through the box, it's not surrounded. The, 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 the container is on a box. The container of, of, of what you baked is in a box. On the, layered, the box is layered with soft material and underneath it is this gefes. So true, it's only olive oil gefes that is able to actually cause a rising of hevel upward from, through the bottom of the box. If it surrounds a kadera, it could create enough hevel but not where it's underneath the box and going through the muchim, then it doesn't create more hevel. And that's why Rabbi Yanai only spoke about that. But in there's no proof. Our Mishnah might be talking about shumshimin as well. Let's go on. Rabbi Verabzeira. They came to visit the Reish Galusa, two great men. By the way, these were the two people in the Gemara Megillah that the Gemara says, come Rabbi Veshachat Rabzeira, right? That was where Rabzeira died on Purim. We all sort of died on Purim a little bit this year. But anyway, but Rabbi Shechat Rabzeira, they were friends. They came to the Reish Galusa's house. The Reish Galusa was the head of this political authorities of the Babylonian Jews. And he was the one who made the political deals. Sometimes he was a Talmud Chacham, sometimes he wasn't. He tried to surround himself with Tamir Chachamim. Chazia Abda. Rabbi saw one of the servants of the Reish Galusa, the Anachkuza Damaya. There was a jug of water. He put it, Apuma de Kumkuma. There was a hot, a, 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 a thermos, a hot water thermos that was nice and good good and hot. And he took cold water that was in this little jug and put it on the hot thermos in order to cool it down, probably for the Reish Galusa to drink. Because you don't want to drink really cold water. Neshaya Rabba. Rabba got upset. Rabba said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Amulei Rabzeira. Rabzeira said, what are you getting so upset at him? 
We know that in terms of hatmana, you can take one hot thermos and put it on top of the other. And that's not considered Moisif Hevel. What was wrong? You're right. There, it's a question of Hatmana. But it doesn't really go into the water. In other words, it stays as hot as it was because it's on top of the lower thermos. Over here, what that guy was trying to do was to was to make heat rise into the the, the kuza to make heat rise into the jug. That's already an iser. That's a lude kamolid. That's more like hatmana. And even though it's not going to get super hot, but you can't do that on Shabbos. And he's doing it on Shabbos. That's why I stopped him. Then he saw that uh, uh, the same Evid, or maybe a different one, he saw the take a bandana, like a, a hat bandana, that like you would wear, like a big tichel, a, a suder, and he put it on a kuba, he put it on a, 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 a bottle, right? And then what did he do? And then he put a, a, a the natla, which is what, which is the container that you actually use to to get wine out of. So it sounds like the kuba was not with water; the kuba had wine in it. And then he put the 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 jug or the ladle on top of the material. So you have a, a very nice bandana that is spread out like a big long handkerchief over the barrel of wine with the ladle for the barrel on top of the handkerchief. Once again, Rav is upset at this. Rav is upset at this. Nizaye Rabba says, what are you doing that for? What's wrong? I don't see any Avera here. Amai, Amarle says, you know what? Hash the causes. Wait. Okay, you don't think I'm right? Look, let's see what's going to happen the next couple of minutes. Was so Fchazia, they saw the Koma that the Shamas came and was about to squeeze the handkerchief out of water because the ladle had pushed down on the handkerchief. The handkerchief had gotten into the 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 jug and into the into the barrel of the wine, the kuza. And now he didn't want the handkerchief to get ruined. And what he was about to do, what he was about to do was squeeze it out. He was about to squeeze the stuff out of the handkerchief. That was schita. Aha. So then Reb Zeyra asked him, When it comes to paronka, we know you're allowed to put these special begodim on top of these beer barrels. And you're allowed to put those on on Shabbos as well. Why aren't why aren't we afraid? Why do we matter that? So Rabbi answered him, Over there, you don't care if the beer sloshes. These these things are not. It's not a suder. 
it's a special piece of material that they would lay over the beer and they knew it was going to be there and it was going to get stained. They don't care about it. Whereas over here, the, the shamus was taking a suder. Something was meant to be a bandana, a hat, and maybe a nice one. That a person would be mocked on. And therefore, you don't want to put it in a position where you know it's going to get wet and it's going to lead you to do schita. That was Rabba's uh, superiority here. By the way, I mentioned a minute ago uh, the Gemara in, in Megillah about Kam Rabba Vishochet Rabzeira. The, the famous Rabbeinus and Ibishit says that it doesn't mean that he actually killed him. It means that he, when he got drunk, he became so uninhibited that he overwhelmed him with the intensity of his Torah power. And Reb Zera, who learning meant everything to, felt slaughtered because he felt, wow, I, I thought this guy was, was my, e- I thought I was somewhat of an equal to him. He's making Hashem blood to me. He's shechting me. And, the, and, and that caused him to, to become very, almost to the point of having such Chalisha Sadas. I think you see a riot of Yenis and Ibishitz in this Gemara. Because look how Rabba is Rabzeira's superior. Rabzeira is clueless about what's happening. I mean, he has somewhat of an idea, but Rabba stands as a much superior Lamdan here in understanding the situation. And you can imagine when Rabba got drunk, he didn't even let go. He just let all his Torah power out. And that's, it's a riot to Rabbeinus. Next. Let's say we talk about Hatmana. We're going to go back to Muksa now. I had these strips of nice leftover cotton, leftover silk, and these little strips, and I used them to put around my, uh, my item. And let's say, I guess they were dry, so I could use them if they're dry. Do they become Muksa? Now, normally, why should they be muksa? So Rashi explains the reason why they're going to be muksa is because what do you do with these strips? You don't save those strips to, to put your food in on Shabbos. The reason why you cut those strips, my grandfather, Ola Shalom, used to do that, would do this. He would make felt out of it. In other words, the leftover material is meant to reuse and stitch together and be batting and felt for other items, like a felt hat. In other words, that was supposed to be the, 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 the firm insides of other begadim. That's what you do with this leftover stuff. And therefore, they're muktza for malacha, the aser letaltalon. So why should they not be muktza now? But since I use them for sort of like a bizionistic a, 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 a reason, I use it for like a, a, a very weak reason, like a, a, not it's covered. Really, these are great material to, to, to make your next borsalino out of. But I used it to, to put around my kugel pot. Maybe me amrinon yichten latmana. They're no, it's no longer meant to be sold or to be used to, to stitch together. It's like a, a normal keli uh, around the house. It's like a cup or a plate. Vikataris klialeyen. And therefore, I can now move them around on Shabbos. That was the question. 
muchin that are usually meant to be used to make the next borsalino, shetobin by hand that you decided to use last Shabbos to put around your kugel container, now do they become not muks anymore? So that was the question Rav Adabar Masna asked Abaya. So Abaya said, skip something. Let's say, why did he use it last week? You know why he used it? Because he couldn't find straw. So we used something more expensive. But do you think that means it doesn't have any value to him anymore? Last week, he was desperate. He wanted the kugel to stay warm. So he used this, these, these stitches that usually should go into the hats for felt. So does that mean that's hefker? It's not hefker. So therefore, it should go back to its original status, even though we used it once, and it should be muksa for next Shabbos. Let's bring a raya to Abaya. Tomnin tzemer. Aha. So you can do atmana with what you shear off of the sheep. tzemer. That's something that's even more expensive. It's, you've already combed it out. And even Lashona Shalar Gaman, which means you've actually taken the wool and dyed it and combed it, and it looks like these tongues. You're allowed to do Atman in them. And Ubimuchin, and you can use these soft materials, but Ain Metal son. So that Brysa says clearly that you can't just move it. That means that what? They, they remain muksa. That's not a proof against Adabar Masna. You can read the Bryce to mean this. In other words, we're trying to teach you that these materials are muksa. However, if you use them for this cheap uh, usage of surrounding your kugel pot with them, now they're no longer muksa. If that's what it is to tell you that it's muksa, why should you, uh, what's the Kiddush? We know how, how, how hush of these things are. You use them for felt. No, I might have thought, even if the strips are lying there the way they are, maybe the natural thing is not to put them in a hat or to use them as batting. Maybe Maybe when you see these strips of material, the average thing to think about them is to put them on the floor and lean on them. Kamash that's not the average kavona for muchim. That's not the average kavona. The average kavona is to use them as felt. Possibly, once you take these pieces and you, and you use it for hatmana, that might take away the shame muksa from it. Let's say you have a pillow that it has that's filled with soft material, right? Who knows what you put in there? But it's got soft material in the pillow. And now the pillow breaks and the soft material can, comes out. The stitching uh, let go and the soft material is in there is now spilled. So Rav Chista allowed on Shabbos to restuff the pillow. 
Rav Chista's own son <laughs> asks him. He said, there's a b'risa that says, Matirin beisat savar b'shabbat. Avulo poschet. Let's say you send your shirt to the cleaners. And what the cleaners did, and you wanted them to do this, was they would, they would stitch, make a, 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 a non-permanent stitch onto the neck and, and, and connect it together. Rabbeinu Prachi explains, because just like today, you don't trust those cleaners. That guy might clean it and wear it and use it. This way, you have some, or, or this way you have some shmira on this that it's going to be clean and that's it. He's not going to use it. He's not going to take it out on the town and, and, and give it to someone else to use before you get back. Therefore, when you bring your stuff to the cleaners, they stitch the neck closed. So then you pick yourself up from the cleaners on Aram Shabbos. And what happened? You forgot to undo that stitch. So, matirin beisat savar b'shabbat. You're allowed to undo the stitch and open it up so you can wear this thing on Shabbos. Avo lo poschin. However, what you're allowed, but if this, if it came from the, from the manufacturer this way, that you can't do. Matirin, yes, but you can't open it from the beginning. The ain, the b'risa goes on. You can't take soft material and put it in the pillow, the low tocha keses, and not in the blanket. Beyantif. So this seems to go against Rav Chista. So Rav Chista says, son, I don't know what your question is. If this is the first time you're making the pillow, so that's considered making a mana. That's usr. That's also to do. However, we're talking about one that was already in there and came apart, and you're just restuffing it. That, I say, is mutter. Tanya Namiochi, a brysa, a second brysa, backs up the elder Rav Chista. What does it say? However, Nashru, let's say what you let's say it falls out, son even on Shabbos, the ain't Sarah Lomar And for sure you can do it by Yantif. Since we talked about the base at Savar, let's talk about it again. You get the shirt straight from the uh, from Hong Kong, Savar, and you open up the neck area, you've now turned an unusable shirt into a shirt. Is that true? What's the difference between this and when you have a barrel that has a sealant on it and you break the sealant off to get to the drink? Very important din about opening cans, opening soda cans, opening bottles of pop or soda, right? This, where, where you're leaving a, where you're breaking it, you leave a ring. This is this case. Why is Megupas Chavis? You're not Chayev Chachatis for that. Maybe it's also the Rabban and also maybe even Mutter. Armalei Rava, Zechibor, Zeno Chibor. 
when it comes from the Hong Kong, when this shirt comes straight, it's really connected. Whereas the even though you even though you put a sealant around the uh, the barrel, the top is not really interconnected. It doesn't become one piece. The glue or whatever you put around it makes it that it, it stays stable, but it's not a chibur. Whereas the shirt is actually mechuber, the material is all one, and you're actually breaking it and creating a keli out of it. Tanan, we have a Mishnah in Kalim. Shalal shel kobsim. Remember what I said before? That when you go to the cleaners, they have to take care. So let's say there's a bunch of small little items, and the, and, and, and the cleaner puts a, a, a stitch between all of them. So this way he throws, the, he clings them all together, and none of them get lost. Imagine a bunch of little diapers or something like that, or a bunch of little baby clothes. So it's like a shlal. It's like a whole uh, st- clutch of them together that has been stitched together. Or or let's say it's a bunch of keys that you create a chain for, and they're all together, all the chains together. Or a beged that basically is usher for you to wear. Why is it usher? Because there's klayim in it. There's shatnes in it. But wait. It's only <laughs> meaning because you've stitched one beggar to the other, as Rashi says, So what you're talking about is two p two begotum of wool that are stitched together with a string of linen. So what's the halacha? All of these three are not meant to stay that way. So what's the din? If something Tomei touches one of them, the whole thing is considered one keli, and it all becomes Tomei. Unless you started working on it, and we can see you started to take it apart. But as it comes out of the cleaners, even though he expects you to disconnect it, it's now considered connected. So what do you see? That even though it's not in the cleaners anymore, Alma, you see, that's considered what? It's still considered connected, even though there's no reason for it to be connected. So on that, we're going to ask, Raminu, Makil, Sheosayad, Likardom, if you have a piece, you have a cardom. A cardom is like a saw. Or a hammer, right? It's like a it's like a saw. And it's gonna cut through and break stuff. But in order to use it, depending on how you need to use it, you stick a piece of wood into uh the place where you've made a, a hole there, and now the piece of wood allows you to handle your cutting. Because you're gonna cut from far away. So makel shoyad lakardom, you use the makel. You use the piece of wood, this branch, this, this switch of wood, and you use it as your handle. For the cardom, Hebrew Latuma, when it's considered one keli, and if something touches one part of it, it all becomes tame. And let me explain why. Because the stitch, the piece of wood, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a kli eights that's not, doesn't have a base keble. 
All it is is a Pasha creates. And a Pasha creates is not Makabal Tuma. But now that it's inserted into the metal of the blade of the of the saw, it's considered a Hebrew Latuma when it's part of your tools that you're planning to take out to the job. Bishas Malacha. It's Bishas Malacha in. Shalom Bishas Malacha lo. That shows you from so it's a machlokas. Ravirmi has said from one mission in Kalim to another mission in Kalim. A steer in the mission in Kalim. One mission says, even though the the launderer doesn't need him anymore to be connected, it's still connected. Where the other mission says that the carpenter or whatever, once he's not using it, it's not considered a connection. So it's a stira between the two mishnayos. What did Reb Zera answer? When you're not using the carpenter, the handyman is not using his saw, you can always get another handle. You can always get another piece of wood, another switch out in the forest. And normally what you would want to do is just throw it away. You just forgot to. Here, when it comes to the, 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 the launderer, even though he finished your clothes and he's waiting for you to pick them up, he's still happy they're connected. Why? He wants them to be connected. Because if they would, if they would get dirty, if somebody would come in and get mud over everything, and therefore, what he would do, he would clean them again. And therefore, it's considered a chibur. It's considered a chibur, even though uh, it's no longer in use, and it's considered one keli. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.